Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Most twin parents would agree that one of the biggest challenges is to get their twosome on a regular sleeping routine and the same routine. I'm Jen Varela of Sugar Night Night, and I'm here to share some tips on getting your newborn twins to sleep so you can sleep. This is Twin Talks, episode number 10. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better? Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least you're not Octomom. If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. Well, welcome to Twin Talks, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. And Twin Talks is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting a new parent to twins. And I'm your host, Christine Stewart-Fitzgerald. And have you heard about the Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. And you can subscribe to our monthly Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. And another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Twin Talks app, available in the Android and iTunes Marketplace. Before we uh, get started here, um, let's just do a quick introduction. Um, we have um, panelists talk about our you know, families and um, how we're connected to twins. Okay. Hi, everybody. So I'm Sunny. I'm filling in as producer today. Uh, Shelly isn't here right now. So I'll um, tell you a little bit about myself. So I'm a mom of two little boys already. Sayer is about three years old and Urban is um, 18 months old. And I'm pregnant with identical twin girls who are due in about a month. So um, while I don't have a lot of sleep tips to offer new parents of twins yet, I will will be taking notes on today's episode so I can use them within the next <laughs> month or so. <laughs> and you'll be stocking up on your sleep beforehand. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. trying to. Um, and as your host, um, I've got uh, identical twin girls, Julia Alexa, who just turned four. And then I also have a singleton girl, Michaela, and she just turned one. So we've got three girls in the house. My husband always says, okay, he needs a dog with cojones. <laughs> <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you. 
before we start today's show, let's take a look at uh, an app um, that is great for for parents and and for twin parents. And since we're talking about sleep today, um, the the app we're looking at is called Sleepy Sounds, and it's found in the um, iTunes Marketplace as well as uh, Google Play. It offers lullabies, white noise, nature sounds, and you can also record your own or or stream your own music. Um, to help your baby sleep. And uh, let's see here. We'll just put a little sample on here so you can hear that. So that's the, here's the lullaby version. So it's, you know, pretty mellow. And I should add that our, um, the the screen of the uh, phone while it's playing, it's got these nice sort of pictures and stars that something that you would uh, maybe see, you know, some of those different um, things that project on the, the ceiling. So as far as apps go, and, and I'll bring Jen in on this, mm-hmm. <laughs> what, well, you know, what do you think about something well, like this? I think white noise can be terrific. I think it's important what kind of white noise you use. Mm-hmm. So the low tones, um, even Dr. Harvey Karp has talked about how um, you, you don't want the high-pitched um, sounds because the low, the low tones is what helps regulate your brain to take away that chatter, if you will. It's even been helpful with postpartum depression moms. So I would probably be more inclined to take a look at what the white noise is on that app. Hmm. And I think white noise is great. There's a sample right here. Oh, that's the white noise. That's the white noise. Yeah, that's not bad. It sounds like rain. Yeah. Doesn't it? So I would just say the the key with with um, white noise is it needs to be continuous. So like the sleep sheeps that go for forty five minutes and then stop, not so good, because then when a child goes through a sleep cycle and partial arousal, uh, what happens is is now the environment is different from what they fell asleep in. So it can be kind of stimulating. So if you're going to use white noise, it should be continuous and all night long. Hmm. So so maybe you even use those the old fashioned uh, those little round noisemaker you know things that essentially like a fan that you adjust. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah, white noise can be a lot of different things, and I just would look for the low tones is what I'm. And the low tones. And so I would say low low tones and all night long. Okay. So as far as as far as the apps go, would you recommend this? Your well, what's nice about the world of apps now is, is that it's you can travel with it, right? right. So it used yeah. to be like you might have this big, huge fan, right? Well, you're not going <laughs> to take that with you to grandma and grandpa's, right? So mm-hmm. I think the apps can be lovely from the standpoint of they're being port- portable. So it's not such a big thing to need them because you can take them with you. So... Um, so I think I think there's a place for them. I just think you got to be mindful. And then that's a free app. This is a free app. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm not in the position yet. My one thing would be for for twin parents, if it's something that's on the screen, like, I mean, how do you kind of do that between two kids? I don't know if that's really going to work. Like one, maybe put it in front of one twin. One twin could benefit from it, but maybe not the you mean other. Vis- visually. Visually. Oh, yeah. See, now I would, I would, uh, I would not. You wouldn't even use that, so maybe not you use the screen that off. That's too distracting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So okay. I'm I'm not up for the visual, but okay. for the white noise, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I would just say, you know, where you, you just have to kind of be strategic on where you put it and, and definitely. Stuff like that. And you know, and I, one thing I will say I like about this is um, you can do you know your your own music, and I think you do like your own recording. So that might be something if you're traveling and you want to leave with your babysitter or nanny or something that's mm-hmm. very familiar. Sure. Yeah, that's where it can yeah. be. Definitely benefit. So thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would, I mean, anything that's free, I'm willing to try. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, and try yeah. it. And, and I don't know if I would put too much, you know, put all your hopes and dreams into it. But if it's free, why not? Try it. <laughs> well, awesome. and I like the convenience of it. That's great. Yeah.
Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, well, today's topic is the top tips for getting your newborn twins to sleep. And so we are talking with Jen Varela, certified sleep coach and owner of Sugar Night Night. So um, there's probably a number of expecting parents that are listening right now, and they're they're wondering what they're getting into, what they're in for. And also there are new parents who are sleep deprived and desperately looking for a solution. So um, can you just take a moment and explain how it's different for twin parents or twin babies compared to singletons when it comes to sleeping challenges? <laughs> so how much time do we have? <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, you, you didn't start this on an easy question. <laughs> so... Um, you know, one of the things that was so fascinating to me in doing, you know, research on what are the different experts saying, you know, when you've got Ferber and Weisbluff and Kim West and, you know, Tracy Hoggs and all, all the different philosophies on sleep, right? So interesting because all of them say that there has to be some compromise. And I thought that was so interesting in the sense we can all have our strict philosophies on what <laughs> sleep should look like for a singleton. But then when it really comes down to the twins, it's sort of like you, you've got to be open to the reality that there's going to be some compromise. And uh, last night I was kind of looking over my notes and it just hit me that compromise and acronym. I said, come on, mom, please relax. Obstacles make opportunity for ingenious solutions. Exhale. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's, it, the reality is, is when you're working with twins, uh, you are going to have to do some things that are different than you would be doing with a singleton. And um, so I think scheduling really becomes more of a necessity um, with twins than it does as much with a newborn. So we're going to be talking about newborns, zero to three months. Mm -hmm. So the advice and the information I'm giving, please be mindful I'm talking about infants and newborns, young children. Um, you really, too, have to adjust your expectations because a lot of twins are born prematurely, right? So their feeding needs are going to be... Um, need to be adjusted with an adjusted age, right? So your expectations sometimes, well, how come my child's not sleeping this long? Or how come their awake times are so short, right? So you got to, you got to keep that in mind. And um, I've heard several twin moms say survival, right? Like <laughs> yes. everyone's still breathing. <laughs> yep. so today was successful, <laughs> right? Yeah. right? Yeah. So, and then help. I just think you can't underestimate the significance and importance of help. And um, so Dr. Polly Moore, she has a book called The 90-Minute Baby Sleep Program. And I just had to laugh because this is a, her, one of her, a quote from her book. It says, it's okay to break the glass on the emergency box, <laughs> right? When, so I just think it's interesting that all the sleep experts all make some exception to mm -hmm. what their hardcore line would be. Um, in all the books. And I thought that was so interesting. So if, if anything, just to take from that, that, you know, it's, it's a little bit tricky and you need to do what you got to do. So, Survival. Yeah. Because yeah. I get, you know, I, I, in fact, I'm familiar with Polly Moore's book, which is which great. We can put that on the website, which is really kind of the more the, the science of the sleep cycles. Yeah, right. You know, the 90 minutes. And there's some strategies with that. And I can go over some yes, of that too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, but, and, and then of course, when we throw in with two babies and they might not be on exactly the same cycle. So then we really got to, you know, play with that. Mm -hmm. So that's it. That is definitely a huge challenge. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, so help us understand those sleep patterns. So um, in in the, for really young babies, newborns to three months. Right. I mean, what does that look like? Right. And so this is what's interesting. Although we're talking about twins, right? And there's going to be a lot of emphasis on doing things together. The reality is they are still individuals, and um, so they may not have the same bio sleep rhythms, right? So they are showing that there is. Um, some association with identical twins and having more of a similar sleep needs, Mm -hmm. if you will, versus fraternal twins. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you have to remember that they're all unique. So what's really significant about these early months is that sleep will come in waves and um, your baby will need you frequently. So they're going to fluctuate a lot in the first six months on what is like normal sleep. And in the beginning, newborns will sleep between 13 and 16 hours a day. Um, and their sleep is purposeful. So, you know, you won't want a baby sleeping so deep that they don't wake because if they have temperature, um, if they cold and they need you to make them warm, if they need to be fed, like it's a, it's a good thing that they're having night awakenings, right? It's purposeful. And, um, and the sleep cycles are short. So, um, Basically, infants during the night will have a stretch between 9 and 12 hours, and during the day, they will have naps that will be between 2 and 6 hours total. So they're getting about 15 to 16 hours sleep on a 24-hour cycle. Okay. Okay, but um, <laughs> but it's done typically on a 90-minute, and this is some of Polly, Dr. Polly Moore's information, it's typically on a 90-minute cycle, meaning when you wake from one sleep, It'll be about 90 minutes till they fall asleep again. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a significant thing because you can kind of prep and go, okay, 90 minutes we're going to be sleeping again. So um, at two months, they're probably still at about four naps a day. Um, and it won't be until um, a little later that you'll start to see longer stretches. You talked earlier about, you know, there are twins that do come early and, and you know, preterm. Um, I'm sure that has a lot of to do with their their sleep cycles because we heard uh, that earlier that uh, preemies often do need more sleep. It's almost yes. like they're still in the womb. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then overall, I mean, um, are some babies more predictable than others? So temperament plays a part in things. Um, and then again, just uh, sleep maturation is going to come in time. What what um, what when things become predictable is a little later. Uh, usually three months is when things start to form together and you can start seeing naps and we can talk about that too if you want but so it's it's it does become predictable but it's not typically until after three months okay where you start to see some regular 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 so when uh you know we we like look at the different gadgets of you know we're tracking you know the pooing and peeing and eating and all this um, for, you know, for sleeping as well. I mean, should we expect some degree of predictability um, as far as the sleep cycles go in general that within that first three months or it's just kind of, no. <laughs> yeah, so I think the 90 minutes is as much predictable as you can kind of look for mm-hmm. is that 90 minutes from one sleep to the next sleep. Um, otherwise, the extending of sleep um, really doesn't happen until after six weeks. And that's when you can start seeing sleep stretches of maybe four to six hours. Sleep progression, what exactly is that? I get a lot of parents that'll say to me, uh, they have a four-month-old, they'll go, 
you know, at three months, we were starting to like actually get like long stretches at now, nighttime and things were coming together. And now all of a sudden they're waking like every hour and we don't know what to do. And like, you know, so it's, it's like, oh my gosh, did my baby so something wrong? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so um, sleep regressions happen for a variety of reasons. One is developmental milestones. That's kind of the big one. So if you think about rolling over, sitting up, walking, crawling, I should say crawling, walking, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, growth spurts too right so uh, if if you look at what what is the purpose of REM sleep REM sleep is to take the information from the day and put it into long-term memory so when a baby goes through a really big developmental milestone they're probably going to spend more time in REM sleep which means it's going to be more disrupted sleep so it's very normal to have sleep regressions around developmental milestones. Um, if you have big things happening in your family, that's a lot of information. If you're traveling, you're moving, all of a sudden you have a ton of people in your home, mom goes back to work, a new, a new caregiver. Again, that's gonna be a lot of information to process, right? So, um, and then of course there can be, you know, medical issues too, or teething or whatnot. So a sleep regression is where you may have started to have a nice rhythm or stretch going and all of a sudden things are falling apart. And so that happens for all children um, to varying degrees. So some children will be more significant than others. And so typically, um, I am always recommending if you're looking at sleep training to look at doing that after six months because then you're past the big developmental milestone that happens between the four and five month mark. And that one is usually a very big sleep regression. And, and what, what's that big developmental milestone? <laughs> so um, it's I call it when they, they see the world. So an example would be is they might not have noticed the cat or dog in your home. And now all of a sudden they see that uh, furry thing going across the room and, and they're tracking it. So it's they're not just focused in on their own little body, their hands, their feet. Often it'll happen when they find their toes because they come to the end of themselves and now they see the world. Um, so it's, it's kind of, I've had moms describe it, they've become alert or awake or they've shown up you know, more interactive. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's, and that's kind of the fourth to fifth, fifth yes. month. Okay. Yes. And so does sleep regression, I mean, I, I think we're saying that within that first three months, right. it, it's just, it's really no, unpredictable. It's very fluctuating. It's yes. fluctuating. So yes. we really wouldn't see sleep regression no. until a little bit later on. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. But it's normal. Yes. So it's good to know. It's normal. Yes. <laughs> and so, and, and as far as um, different, you know, transitions, you know, taking place. And I right. Think when can you expect that things will kind of get consolidated yes yeah when does that happen right so before six weeks that's why i was saying earlier the longest stretch will be somewhere between two and three hours and then at about six weeks of age the biological um, sleep rhythms will start to organize and that's where you'll see somewhere between four and six hour night sleep stretches six hours woohoo yes (laughs) we're looking forward (laughs) to that (laughs) so and then nap organization is really doesn't happen until four six months before six months okay mm-hmm. because between four and six months okay mm-hmm. so then so as far as the so transition we we should really think okay the first three months it, it's just it's not predictable and then mm-hmm. we unless can, you can look at those 90 minutes knowing that you're going to go awake and then asleep and then awake and asleep and it's going to be in about a 90 minute increment between waking from one nap to when you fall asleep for the next nap okay or next sleep <laughs> And so, so really, um, when people ask, oh, are they sleeping through the night? You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I seem to get that question all the time mm-hmm. with both my twins and my, and my singleton. And, 
my I think my twins were about four and a half months when mm-hmm. they were sleeping that six plus hours, right? Which was fantastic, yeah. <laughs> really exciting. It was you know woohoo, <laughs> exciting milestone. Um, and my singleton, as we're, we're she's still not really sleeping six hours, which <laughs> um, so I so I guess we're it, it happens for different babies, and and yes. imagine and also their nutritional needs would probably factor into that as well. Absolutely, and that's where I think it's super important, especially in these first first few months that you are are aligning with what the pediatrician and or your lactation consultant is saying you know in my in my world priority goes first feeding and getting good um, feeding established right and attachment and then sleep so as much as we really want sleep to have all this structure um, it's really not priority number one um, which is kind of sad because we feel like as parents, it's like you're exhausted. It is priority number one. So food, <laughs> but it's yeah. really not. It's not priority. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, and that's crazy to say as a as a sleep coach. But I'm going to say that first is making sure you've got good feeds um, relationship established. Mm-hmm. Food mm-hmm. attachment and then sleep. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> In those first few months, for In sure. So we're going to just uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how to develop a strategy for handling your baby's sleep patterns. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. Today we're talking with Jen Varela, learning some tips to help twin parents get their zero to three month olds in good sleeping routine. As twin parents, we've pretty much realized what we have to plan everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in, in doing that, so what are some of the things that they need to consider in, in developing a sleep strategy um, together for their twins? Kind of interesting as far as, you know, wh- where can you get a, another set of hands, right? So you might find that there are things that you need two of, right? So like a swing can be an extra set of hands or whatnot. So I think when you're really looking at uh, sleep strategies, it's kind of on on a bigger picture, not just nighttime, right? So you want to definitely get help where you can. Um, you know, I think a lot a lot of us just think, oh yeah, we can do this, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I think, you know, it's, I think getting help where you need help is really essential. Um, trying to synchronize the eating schedules, um, that can really help a lot, right? When one goes down, then both goes down. So that's where you want to try and um, watch what's happening during the day as far as their, their napping goes. Um, and establish regular routines around your days and bedtime. Because there is a lot to be said, honestly, about routines. And I know you've done another segment on that. But how um, your subconscious really aligns with those cues that it's time to go to sleep. And, and the little ones, they do make that connection with you do the same thing in the same fashion every time and when it's time to go to sleep that really helps a lot with helping them associate that with sleep so and when should parents be putting together their sleep strategy i mean if they're they're doing all this research you know during the pregnancy and now they're now they know okay the 
three months are going to be a little crazy. So right. um, so when should they be getting together, putting their heads together and, and developing that strategy? This is where it's still an individual person, right? So you can't, you can't go, oh, okay, now we've hit six weeks, so now it's time to sleep train. My philosophy would be you don't sleep train until after six months. However, um, just like all the um, experts out there have compromised uh, by saying, yes, you do need to have some you know, sense of a schedule or whatnot, I think doing things in the same fashion, in the same uh, order, uh, can really begin to start that association with sleep. So a sleep routine, if you will, like how you might sing a certain song when you're changing the diaper when it's time to go to sleep or using a sleep cue. I've named my company Sugar Night Night because that's what I say to my kids when it's time to go to bed, Sugar Night Night. So um, sleep cues, you can start those. So it's an associations that go with the bedtime routine. You can start those early on for Mm -hmm. sure. But Mm -hmm. as far as like... um, any kind of sleep training, that part of it, I would say. After and even just, just for the parents kind mm-hmm. of putting their own strategy together, just getting on the same page mm-hmm. and saying, okay, uh, maybe what are the roles that we're going to take in creating our mm-hmm. sleep strategy? So and maybe that means one parent might, uh, you know, try to put them down while the other is either pumping yeah. or trying to get some sleep. So I think this is what's really fun is that um, <laughs> with singleton uh families um sometimes the mom's kind of considered a luxury to have the dad involved in helping but i think with twins it's essential it's a necessity it is absolutely (laughs) and so dr sears has a uh, quote in his the baby sleep book it says while mothers of single babies might consider nighttime help from their husbands a luxury for mothers of multiples multiples it's a necessity so um he talks about how uh they one strategy was each parent took a child and so that's the child they were in charge of for that night so at least they were only up half the amount of time right versus Mm -hmm. doubled Um, and then once one was starting to sleep through the night then uh, then you start taking shifts on that one child so um, I personally think that's just one of the benefits of having twins is that you early on learn to work as a team instead of that getting delayed Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of cool you know that dads you, we need them and 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 or a partner you yes, know yeah. So. exactly yeah yeah it's i think definitely a big educational opportunity and it's like okay sorry honey this is non-negotiable yeah, i know right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know now I, I have to admit i mean in talking to you know your husband your partner i'm sure i mean parenting style is going to have a lot to do with that so um you know how does that come into play maybe you know one parent is like ah, eh, you know really lax and hey whatever goes and the other one's like okay no we want to be very exacting so um you know how do you how do you negotiate that well I, I have to say that probably in the first three months, there's probably not a lot of negotiation <laughs> going on. It's, it's really more like, you know, we got to do it together, survival mode, right? Yeah. Um, but I do think there could be questions like, um, you know, separation of duties, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, one's like, well, that's your job. Well, no, that's not just my job, right? So I think, you know, those are good things to kind of talk about before the babies come, if you have that opportunity, right? To to kind of talk about, well, how much do we really want the in-laws to be involved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality is, is probably with twins, you probably need to have family help, right? Yeah. And then how are you going to manage that? And what are your expectations? So I think those would be fabulous conversations to have prior to the children, <laughs> not at three in the morning when you're all both yes. tired and... Right. Um, 
you know, exhausted. So, but I think, I think some basic ones would be definitely like, how much help do you want from family? You know, when we, we look at those three months of craziness, um, mm-hmm. maybe what are some of the practical tips that you can recommend to new parents for, for building a sleeping routine or was yeah. kind of working into it? Right. So I think keeping a simple feed and sleep log is really helpful um, because it just all of a sudden just becomes, oh my gosh, w- w- where am I at? How many ounces have they had? What, how much sleep have they had? So it's a way to kind of calm the anxiousness too for you to know that your little ones are getting what they need and it will allow you to start to see when they do start stretching. So that's good to know. Um, you, you know, we talked about before, you want to get them on the same um, schedule. So one way to do that is um, to wake a baby. <laughs> really <laughs> oh, scary gee, thing that to is say. Scary yeah. 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 But example being, if you know where you want the naps to be, you wake them 90 minutes before you want the next nap to begin, right? Or the next sleep piece to begin. Um, you want to try and put them down drowsy but awake mm-hmm. when you can. And I would say at least once a day. Um, and I call it practicing putting them down drowsy but awake uh, because some children will get there faster than others. Okay, so that learning to self-soothe is not something you can necessarily rush. Um, after six months, that's different. Um, but if you practice putting them down uh, aware of their surroundings, that can help so, so, so much. And then wake them at the same time in the morning, w- at least within 30 minutes of each other. Mm-hmm. So so they may not have an exact same Mm-mm. sleep cycle, especially right. for fraternal twins. Mm-hmm. But so you're saying you can give yourself kind of a, a 30 minute window. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the conflict on that, if you will, is this whole like, well, what happens when you have one that's a really good sleeper? Right mm-hmm. now, now you start waking that one to get them on schedule with the one that's not as strong a sleeper, and now the one that was the strong sleeper is uh, sleep deprived. Uh. Right, so I think you have to be mindful and know that there could be some compromise sometimes where you let one snooze a little longer, and then that's going to produce uh, regular sleep routines. Um, so it's sort of a fine line there um, because you don't want to discourage the one that's doing well Mm -hmm. and is a good sleeper by you know wearing them out right right Mm -hmm. and this is not an exact science no (laughs) Mm -mm. not not like how you do the twins right yeah that's what i said remember survival right everyone's breathing yeah yeah Mm -hmm. wow do you recommend putting twins in the same crib or bassinet or or do you think keeping them separate i mean is it disruptive to have them together or does it help them sleep better what do you think so there's been some interesting studies out there on that which is kind of fun to take a look at and um i like kim west's uh how she calls it womb to room so you know they're they're used to being together right so um in 2002, uh, the clinical pediatricians researched um, apnea monitors on 11 sets of uh, preterm twins and compared the readings with the, when the twins slept together in the same bassinet and slept separately. And the twins that were sleeping together showed fewer episodes of apnea, which means that there is definitely something happening for them being together. That it's a good thing that we even helped regulate their breathing, which I thought was interesting. So the trick on putting them into the same crib, right, is or bed, is that obviously safety, right? So if you have a rolling little ones, I think they need to be separated, um, and. Um, whether that benefit really is still in place after um, 
after those first few weeks is there's a lot of debate mm-hmm. on that, right? Because if they're really fully sleeping, then they're not aware of the other, right, the other right. one, right? But initially, I think it's I think it's a great thing. With a little body warmth. Mm-hmm. I know I put my, my identical girls together, and we, you know, mm-hmm. we'd swaddle them up and put them in you know, little mm-hmm. burrito babies next to each other, <laughs> and they slept well. But then as, as time went on, and I'm going to say probably, you know, when they're about two months yeah, old. that's three, what they say. And they started pulling their arms out yes. of the swaddle. Yeah. And my husband and I, sometimes we'd just wake up in the middle of the night because one of them would just be crying. And we're like, what's going on? We couldn't yeah. figure it out. They're messing with each other. And we figured out, yeah, they just pull their arms out and just slap the other one in the head. And then yeah. the other one's crying. And the one that slapped is, yeah. you know, just fine, you know, sleep. Yeah. So. Yeah. And actually, uh, Dr. Harvey Karp talks about that in his book, Happiest Baby Guide to Great Sleep, that um, they've even shown studies that, that it can um, cause breathing issues, right? So one hand lays over the mouth or nose of the other child. So I think a good rule of thumb is, is when they start reaching or grasping for things, you definitely need to be gradually moving them apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Two months, two and a half months is a really good time to go, okay, the benefits that there would be probably have have been used to the full extent that they're going to be. Um, however, I do know, you know, twin families that have done it for a really long period of time. So I, I think it's a very individual um, decision. I just think you need to do it safely, um, just like any co-sleeping situation needs to be done s- safely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, d- I do think it's interesting the study on how there was fewer episodes of apnea so that they were actually sleeping better or s- breathing, it's almost breathing like a better. It's form of co-sleeping then, just having another kind of, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. yeah. So um, let's see here. So now we, you know, twin parents are in survival mode and um, there's at some point they're going to get really desperate. <laughs> we've, we've been there. And, um, you know, I, we're thinking about putting together this sort of strategy and, you know, what about having sort of a backup plan? Are there, there, mm-hmm. is there something, you know, that um, twin parents should think about and say, okay, well, here's our routine, what we want to do. And if this all else fails, then what? Yeah. I, th- I think that's a very important thing to acknowledge and accept because it probably will happen right (laughs) right you're probably gonna hit a point where you know when both the babies are crying at the same time like you just feel like you're losing your mind right so I think um you know you've got to first go okay try not to get too frazzled right and know that um your calming soothing voice is essential for them and so your your perspective is very important and I know some parents too just feel like oh my gosh I don't have enough to to give right because there's always I'm helping one and the other one's crying and then and so um I had a a lady tell me a really wise thing she says love multiplies it doesn't divide Mm -hmm. and I thought you know what that's really true when you're really loving it does multiply and the need that you're not being able to meet like you would maybe dream of doing for your child may get made up because they're going to have a forever play partner right Mm -hmm. so I think it's an important one piece is to take a look at your own expectations Mm -hmm. and take a look at um, where's your level of, uh, you know, is it time to put the mask on your face like they'd show in the airplanes, right? You know, you put the mask on you first and then on the baby. So be mindful of where you're, you're at. Are you at a breaking point? And so help, ask for help. Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing that I think is really significant for parents of twins is that it's not just can you help me with the babies? But it's, can, you know, who's going to run the errands to the store and to the pharmacy and, you know, the post office and grocery store. So there's, 
many other needs that could be delegated. And often you will have friends and family members come and say, I want to help, right? Then your answer is, yes, please. Yes. <laughs> and here's what I need on this day at this time, mm-hmm. and here's your task. And mm-hmm. so if you can have, um, you know, uh, your, your iPhone, your day timer, your notepad with what's what your needs are, a list always going so that when someone asks, you can actually give them a specific answer. Because honestly, for you to get to the phone to actually call them to ask them to do it and then get them and not get their message and then another mm-hmm. message back and then and and then at that point you're like it's just not even worth asking right. for help yeah. right yeah so I think I think one thing that can be really helpful is know what your needs are have them ready so that when mm-hmm. someone offers you can give them date time place and specific task and and just know that it's really okay to delegate and ask for help well thanks so much Jen for joining us today and to learn more about sleeping tips to learn more about sleeping tips with Jen Varela or for more information about any of our experts or panelists visit the episode page on our website and this conversation continues for members of our Twin Talks Club and after the show Jen will talk about how twin parents can go solo and keep their sanity so for more information about the Twin Talks Club visit our website twintalks.com Okay, round two name something that's not boring a Laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today in our annoying comments that twin moms get, we have Christina in New York. Christina says, I have identical girls and people still say, oh, a boy and a girl. I respond with no, they're both girls and they're wearing matching outfits. I have people follow me around the store trying to look in the car seats to see them. I also have people say, oh, I always wanted twins. No, you don't. It's more of a challenge than one baby. Plus, I have two toddlers on top of my four-month-old twins, which makes it even harder. Other questions are always, whose family do they run in? Are they in yours or your husband's? I try to tell them that fraternal twins run in families and ours are identical. And even if they did run in my husband's family, that has nothing to do with having twins at all because it would have to come from my side. They don't listen. And one more. People tell me, oh, they're identical? Did you know that's good luck? Really? That wraps up our show for today, and we appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. Join in on the discussion by posting your comments on the Twin Talks Facebook page or by calling our voicemail at 619-866-4775. And don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals, for Expecting Parents, the boob group for moms who breastfeed their babies, and Parent Savers, an online support group for new parents. This is Twin Talks Parenting Times 2. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. 
If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.